0: Introducing your sweetheart to WCHV is like giving them one of those heart-shaped boxes of chocolates. You know there's something they'll like in there, but it better not be the only gift you give them.
1: You lose. Gonna be a dream man.
2: Thank you, Lonesome Rose. Joe
1: Thomas in the morning. Um, sorry, uh, Rowdy, but you were born a free man. If you think you're not a free man, it's because you've allowed yourself to be exploited. Exploited, that's the word of the day. Today's program brought to you by the word exploitation and the number 42. Uh, <clears throat> so the city of Charlottesville released its assessments yesterday afternoon. Hoping to be late enough to miss the afternoon news desk. And on average, they say a piece of real property in Charlottesville is now 5.6% more valuable. 97.97% of all the real property in the city of Charlottesville increased in value. Nowhere, though, in the statements do they explain... Why what what is it that what mystical thing that has happened in Charlottesville that would make business property I, I presume they're grading on a curve here, or they're just not including all the empty storefronts, or the storefronts that have been sold to other departments within the city of Charlottesville. Uh, to make it look like, oh, that's a $2.65 million transaction. No, it was $2.65 million of taxpayer money that was given to a property owner uh, because he couldn't sell his property because the city has ruined the economy. The payoffs and the layoffs continue. Companies close, storefronts go empty. And then the city comes in like Mussolini. Well, Mussolini just said, give me, your, give me half your business or I'm going to send in the police. But, um, but Charlottesville, being more subtle about it, just says, all right, how about if we give you $2.65 million? Because nobody wants to come downtown anymore. So, And then we'll have at least somebody. We'll, we'll have our own housing authority. Instead of in an office in City Hall, we'll have a storefront that will be the home of the housing authority because that's always a good sign because I come downtown to shop for rent-controlled housing. That draws me to the downtown mall. Beware the money changers. So the city of Charlottesville is going to tell you that somehow... Some eighty, some eighty-five percent of all the business property in Charlottesville went up in value. Why? What What is happening in Charlottesville that makes that business property more valuable? Fewer and fewer people come down there, and this, but obviously not paid for by the Charlottesville Office of Economic Development. Though I would argue, pointing out that the emperor isn't wearing any clothes is not to denigrate the emperor, but to help point out something that he may or may not have been aware of. So presumably they've left out all the empty storefronts that aren't currently generating any revenue, and therefore... But we're going to believe that Business property taxes, on average, are up 3% bro- bro- property values, pardon me. I say taxes because what will happen, wash or repeat, the city will vote to keep the tax rate the same, tell the press, we held the line on taxes. We didn't raise taxes. No use, you did. Yes, you did. Yes, you did, Brett. Yes, you did. What? Say what again? This dramatic recreation of Pulp Fiction was brought to you by. Yes, you did, Brett. Yes, you did. You raised taxes by keeping the tax rate the same and allowing the assessor's work to do it for you. So the assessor mysteriously says your business property is worth whatever. Remember when Oliver Kuttner was slammed with like a 200% increase in his property values because he fixed up the X, the empty Ix warehouses? But Joe, governments need money they have to do things like what? Buy storefronts? See, this is the money laundering that I was talking about. So they collect your taxes and then spend your taxes, $4 million of your taxes, buying a piece of property that the city already had taken through eminent domain and hidden under the auspices of the Charlottesville Housing and Redevelopment Authority Division of Charlottesville. And then that that division of the Charlottesville government, known as the Charlottesville Housing and Redevelopment Authority, then goes and gives some property owner money, $2.65 million exactly, that they that the city would not have been able to give them otherwise. See, the city can't just go and give a property owner money because... They can't rent their property on the downtown mall because Charlottesville's mismanagement have left the downtown mall a ghost town. But if we give that money to the Charlottesville Housing and Redevelopment Authority, then they use it for office space. Oh, then this, and we can call it housing. You see how the shell game works, and yet they're worried about exploitation. Who's standing up for the exploitation of the taxpayers of Central Virginia? I mean, besides you and me.
0: Unlike cryptocurrency, you can download the Seville 1075 smartphone app for free, and it will never go down in value. Get yours at the Google Play or iTunes Store.
1: Joe Thomas in the morning. Thank you for letting us be of service uh, to you. 434-964-1075 is the phone number. Emails come in to joe at wchv.com. A bunch of those. Let me get to a couple of the emails first because I always forget to Jeff writes in Tom Garrett's build a Soylent Green come to mind. He also writes, how many of Amy Lawfer's quote, farmer constituents are really farmers raving, raising livestock for a living? Or, and how many are actually wealthy carpetbaggers from the Northeast or Northern Virginia who have purchased a beautiful rural Albemarle County property and have a few head of cattle or a few chickens as a tax write-off? Well, to be fair, some of these folks who buy that property, they actually lease the space uh, to cattle ranchers and and folks like that. Um, But, yeah, there's a lot of folks. And then there are the folks who just own what would be considered a farm and don't do a damn thing with it. Except maybe sell the barrels of hay uh, off of it that they have uh, grown along. But this one, I thought, just as a contrary point of view, uh, because not everyone Joe, is it conceivable, Dan writes, that the industry of being able to 3D print organs that are immune to rejection because they're grown with your own cells needs to be funded by something. It's either going to be pay us now or pay us later as I see it because either the taxpayer is going to have to pay for this technology because it's going to be prohibitively expensive to charge somebody for a hand-grown kidney or we allow the industry to market itself and sell hamburger patties to fund the transplant organs. I mean, it's just it, let let that rattle around. So the technology really was invented so that you could grow organs that wouldn't be uh, that you that wouldn't get rejected because they would be grown of your own cells. But I imagine that you know if there was a of the ability to make money at that people would be screaming oh, you're charging somebody eight million dollars for a new lung. that's not fair <laughs> so is is this the you know selling the printed meat a way to fund this and and how, how often has that worked out in the past of course, there's also the people who look at Blade Runner and say, "Gosh, that looks like a great world to live in." Um, Clark, <laughs> let me get to let me get to you at four three four nine six four one zero seven five. Good morning. Who's this? Hey, Joe. It's Clark. Hey, Doctor Clark. How are you doing, sir?
2: I'm great. So the honorable Mister Garrett thought that eat the bugs was hyperbolic until he got served. A steaming bowl of stink bug soup.
1: Stink bug soup,
2: okay. (laughs) And then it became pretty real, huh?
1: Yeah, it got real in a hurry.
2: So here's the thing, Joe. These folks are not bashful about putting out what they want to do. Now, here's what fascinates me. You or I go read, uh, you'll own nothing and be happy. Uh Uh-huh. And we didn't put that out. But if we talk about it, it's a MAGA conspiracy, or it's a right-wing conspiracy. I sent you an article from the New York Times, not a right-wing publication, about how the Biden White House was coordinating with celebrities for endorsements, because apparently that's crucial to their voter base. Right. And there is no more important endorsement than Taylor Swift.
1: Yeah, oh now, yeah. Oh about gosh.
2: Taylor Swift right now, You're a MAGA extremist, and you're spouting right-wing conspiracies. And it's just over and over. Now, the farmer is the one that's immediately affected by this. But that's not the objective, Joe. If you control people's food, you control people. Sure. Oh,
1: yeah. And and then what happens if the grid goes down and we've become reliant on you know, uh, manufactured meat, and the grid goes down. Now all of a sudden, we have you know a, a famine beyond famine because we can't even grow the meat. You know, if if the crops all go bad, we can still live off the protein for a while uh, until we get it fixed. But uh, man, if if, okay. if we lost so, the grid, w- w- then the printers go down.
2: Remember back in the eighties when there were starving people in Ethiopia, Joe.
1: Yeah, I think there may still be, but okay.
2: Okay. Well, there probably yeah. Now, how did you know that there were starving people in Ethiopia?
1: Sally Struthers told told me so.
2: Told you, Sally Struthers came on TV and told you for thirty-seven cents a month, you could save lives or something, right? Yeah. Well, Joe, Sally's not going to come on and tell you about the people starving in Sub-Saharan Africa when it's being done intentionally. They're just going to be real quiet, and you won't know about it. But, you know, that's okay, because they're extraneous carbon footprints and useless eaters. Again, those are not terms that I came up with. I know.
1: These come from the World Economic Forum.
2: What They say. <laughs> Read what they say. They'll tell you what they want to do. But anyway, pay attention, or you too will eat stink bugs, too.
1: Well, and, and what was the – oh, who was the uh, – the, anthropologist a couple of years ago, she noticed she didn't get invited back to the World Economic Forum because she said, oh, certainly we need the population of the Earth to go back to what it was some 500 years ago.
2: Well, you can't go saying that stuff out loud publicly, but they will put it in print. Everybody listening, as soon as you get a chance, go to whatever your search engine is and just put in optimal population for Earth.
1: And if and it doesn't if come up, mark. type type up World Economic Forum in the search engine with it, too. I've got to run to break, Dr. Clark. Well said, though. Keep
0: doing what you do. Trusting you to know information from disinformation. I have the freedom to kill you with my COVID. Without a government board. You're mocking me, aren't you? Oh, no. WCHV. <laughs>
1: Joe Thomas in the morning. Thank you for letting us be of service to you. So, who's exploiting who? Well, you've got the the protein justice movement trying to get you to stop exploiting the farm animals. You've got the media of Virginia finally noticing that things are the ESG movement has taken over Monticello, and are going after Thomas Jefferson for his exploitations. We got the Zuckerbucks crowd up in DC. I you know, was waiting for Mark Zuckerberg to say, Listen, Congressman, you know how much money I spend to get you elected? The social media giants saying we're not exploiting anyone The city of Charlottesville says everything that you own is more valuable, so we're gonna take more taxes from you for it. Meanwhile, our attorney general is going after the NCAA saying that allowing college athletes to sign with agents so that they can partake in some advertising revenue, some endorsement contracts, is exploitation as well because the universities aren't being clear as to how much money a kid can make in endorsements. And that's a dangerous paradise because what what winds up happening is it's a guarantee. There's no guarantee in that. When you're, when you're in a world of endorsements and things like that, that comes and goes. Not everyone's Michael Jordan. As a matter of fact, nobody was Michael Jordan before Michael Jordan said, hey, um... I don't want to just endorse the sneaker. I want to own a bit of the sneaker. What? Well, you want me to endorse him, but who's being exploited? Was Michael Jordan exploited by Nike? Or was Nike exploited by Michael Jordan? Or was there simply an agreement to work together? The Marxist, and this is the reason all of these movements all lead to or fruit from the idea of exploitation. When when we have real exploitation going on, oh, we can't, that's victim shaming. You can't talk about the sex trafficking ring there. No, 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 no. Stay away from that. We want to talk about. The NCAA and some college quarterback and his name, image, likeness money and call that exploitation. But a drug ring full of, you know, a prostitution ring driven by, uh, you know, uh, some drug pusher who gets his girls hooked on his sugar daddy and then, and then makes them do things in exchange for it. That's, And it, and my friends in Nevada will say, but they're sex workers, Joe. They're just doing something they're gifted to do. Isn't that what you, Mr. Conservo-Fascist, always say? Hmm? Go back to the original question. What do you do for money? Are the farmers the ones being exploited who get up every morning at 3 a.m. to feed the chickens in zero-degree temperatures to try to keep them warm so that they can at some point sell the product of their, their labors? Are they being exploited by the Wegman family? And this is all cause and effect. This is not flaw but feature. You eliminate choice. Ironically, the party that keeps saying, we're here for the woman's right to choose. Not necessarily the grocery store she goes to, but you know what to do after she's gone to bed with the wrong guy. Choice. I'm pro-choice. I want you to be able to work for people who you feel empowered to work for. I want you to be able to qu- quit, resign, Change jobs, however you want to say it, if you don't like who you're working for. But as our economy uh, grows more and more sclerotic, that becomes harder and harder. So the employee feels less and less like they have a say in what's going on because they realize the dearth of opportunities out there. Is your bank exploiting you because they lent you money to buy a house or a car? And this is all Karl Marx. This is all trying to create this proletariat versus the bourgeoisie here in America so that we can finally scream for Marxism. Being tuned in means no algorithms throttling your content.
0: Seville 1075 and 1260 WCHV.
1: Joe Thomas in the morning, 434-964-1075 is the phone number. Emails come into joe at wchv.com. Uh, this one from Larry. Joe, the email you read earlier uh, regarding the web-printed meat makes a lot of sense, actually. In order for the technology to be efficient and cost-effective for hospital patients, there may have to be a commercial use of it. So printing frankenmeat is not so dire, if you think about it, if we're going to use the same technology to print transplant organs. no, But you see, that's the thing. see, now... You, bless tom the the steak is fake thing i think leads people to believe he's trying to ban 3d printed meat products he just wanted it to be announced on the package that what was in here i imagine it looks pretty pretty much like 3d printed meat would look <laughs> just, i mean i think there's some wonderful applications of 3d printers I don't know if meat is one of them. I imagine there's some things you could do. This one, Sarah writes in, Joe is a Star Trek fan. I can't believe you take the side against the beginnings of what would be the Enterprise's food replicator. Then she writes, P.S., where did all that bio product come from that they turned into food? oh that's one of the great you only to get into a dark star trek conversation say hey where did the protein that they turned into food at the enterprise come from see that's the trouble if you read too much science fiction eventually you're going to read star trek and soylent green and you're like all right all right oh guys now i'm just and you wake up screaming in the middle of the night in a flop sweat and Jack writes in, Joe, I can't believe I just heard that the business property in Charlottesville is 3% more valuable than it used to be. Does that include the empty ones? Tough crowd. That's what I pointed out. I, I, I presume they must just leave out the ones that have no tenants. Or maybe the, the number would be even higher if we had tenants for them. But uh, this that actually brings up a point I wanted to bring back about this this shell game that's being played here so the city of charlottesville can't buy a piece of property unless it goes through the whole eminent domain and blah 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 blah. so the city of charlottesville just can't give a property owner money because they can't rent their property on the downtown mall besides the warranty that that would create why Why would I try to get somebody to rent property on the downtown mall? The city of Charlottesville will just come along and buy my property from me. But you see, this is as old as the Hills. The Omni Hotel herself, the reason that whole Charlottesville business center is attached to the backside of the Omni Hotel is because the city owns a big part of it because they got about halfway through. And this is, I was not here. These are people who were here telling me they got about halfway through. And then the Omni Hotel people turned their pockets inside out and said, yeah, we're going to leave now. The Omni Hotel was going to wind up just like the pockmark hotel in the middle of downtown. That extended steel girder middle finger from the, knuckles of our downtown mall. Because they got out of halfway and they said, Yeah, we don't have enough money to finish this. And the city came in and bailed them out. Because the city had convinced the omnia Hotel they needed a, a big hotel chain to be the the centerpiece of this downtown mall evacuation. I mean uh, imagination so without the Omni, there's well, they had already established that there were going to be restrictions on the kinds of stores, and they, and they, in a truly brilliant Charlottesville way. So they figured out and they got consultants to tell them that the the chain stores have a certain footprint, and that if you if the stores that you were going to permit on the downtown mall were smaller than this. Then the chains like Eddie Bauer, etc., would would leave, would, would not come downtown, and you would protect you would protect those local businesses from the mean interlopers from beyond. How's that worked out for you? Burlington, Vermont, where they have stores of uh, chain stores on their downtown mall, which looks interestingly just like ours because it was built by the same people. So in Munchausen's by-government finery, the government has ruined the economy in Charlottesville to the point where people don't want to come downtown because, well, they're not homeless. And you know, and I don't know who the homeless are there for. I, I, at this point, I imagine the homeless are going to abandon downtown as well because there's nobody to panhandle from. Excuse me? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm told panhandle... Is another one of those words we don't use anymore. Like beg, sounds subjugating. Okay, all right. I just, I just, oh my god, it just gets so crazy. It's it it becomes. This is this is why there's no good comedy anymore because real life is funnier than anything Jimmy Fallon could write. You can't write this stuff. So the city is going to tell you that your business property is now worth three times or 3% more than it was last year. And they'll use that to collect more revenue from you that then they, they can give to other city departments. I guess if you're lucky and you play your cards right, you could be one of those property owners that the city comes and pays money through a third party intermediary. Like the Charlottesville Housing and Redevelopment Authority to buy your storefront from you. And then you can ride off to Boca Raton or Houston or what, you know, some golf, golf facing resort community, the villages, whatever, for your early retirement with bags of the city of Charlottesville taxpayer money in your pocket because you, quote, sold your property to the city virginia is for joe
0: thomas in the morning
1: lovers you're the man february and all year long on
0: seville 1075 and 1260 wchv
1: joe thomas in the morning you want to talk about a song who's about to take on a whole different meaning So uh, the Virginia General Assembly, amongst the other things, since since they don't want to make sure that you know what's in your meat package. um, And it used to be people would say, well, you know, you you don't want to watch the Virginia General Assembly because it's just like watching the sausage get made. Well, in this case, we want to know. And, and, you know, this is a, a great point on this, too. If we're going to require the meat packers to tell us whether or not it's real meat or not in our package, could they let us know whether or not the company is owned by the Chinese Communist Party? Hashtag Smithfield. There's there's a great point. But the dream police, not, not the ones in the cheap trick ditty, but the dreamer police officers, it's, uh, Democrats in the Virginia House. Now, understand how these all tie together, the exploitation nation. So you, children of people who are not supposed to be here are not citizens in no way, shape, or form went through our immigration system. And, and by the way, stick a pin in the idea that we have sufficiently been gaslit to believe that there is actually something broken in the most generous immigration system on the planet. These children, these dreamers, the DACA kids, if, if passed and signed by Governor Youngkin, are going to be allowed to be sworn law enforcement officers. So I have a couple of questions, and maybe you can answer it because you're smarter than me. Question one. A law enforcement officer is sworn to uphold the Constitution of the United States if somebody's not a citizen of the United States, can they be sworn in to do that? Does such oath immediately infer citizenship upon somebody who is not qualified by their actions to become a citizen? There is a process. Go through the process. They, understandably, they were children, infants, whatever, and in And number three, as far as I can tell, being being guilty of a crime disqualifies you from being a law enforcement officer. So if you're in a country without citizenship, is that not a crime? And does the implication mean that we are now decriminalizing, and this is an important thing, Barry Sotero, President Sotero, told us we can decriminalize things just under executive order. The president says under the elected monarchy we have now, when the king says we're not going to enforce that law anymore, all of a sudden everyone's selling weed. Is Alejandro Mayorkas and President Biden's behavior towards the southern border and the residency within the country of all these people who are not even in the, in any way, shape, or form aware of what their duties and responsibilities are for the prosperity that they've come to tap into. And I don't blame somebody wanting to tap into the prosperity, but understand where it came from. Because it's it's quickly being poured out the window by governments like the city of Charlottesville. And if more people understood how we had become a prosperous nation, Barry Sotero, President of 44, insists that we exploited the world. Ah, there's that word again. Today's program brought to you by the word exploit and the number 42. President... uh, 44 will tell you that the only reason America has all this money is because we've exploited exploited all the other parts of the world. So it's only fair that we let all their citizens in without understanding the rights and rules and responsibilities, creating this permanent underclass of people who have to hide in the shadows because though they are not being pursued because we have decriminalized, they know that at some point somebody may recriminalize them. So how do they become a law enforcement officer? And what happens if said dreamer, law enforcement officer, comes across a whole bunch of migrants illegally in the country? What does that law enforcement officer do? Because there's the oath that they swore. Is this what I say? These are are the amazing feats I have to go past to get a good night's sleep because these thoughts are rolling around, roiling around in my head about these these dreamer police officers. And I'm not alone. So John writes in to Joe at WCHV.com, non-citizen DACA recipients join law enforcement. DACA recipients say, badges? We don't need no stinking badges. You see now, John, that's going to get me in trouble. I mean I certainly I didn't have to do the John Belushi accent to but, but you know, Queen Elizabeth's all right, Eli Wallach's accent before John Belushi ever did it. Queen Elizabeth's Land Rover sells for two hundred thousand dollars plus. Albemarle Farmer asks, Can I get the can I get farm use tags for that? So John's just running all of our stories together. Luke writes in, I can tell you right now, I would not respect the authority of a non-citizen so-called police officer in any way. I think many would agree with me. If you start off this country breaking the law, it is outrageous to think you should be given any authority to enforce the law. Well, That's what my question was. If you break the law, then generally you're disqualified from law enforcement. And that's where you have to watch what the intent of this is. It's the normalization. You say it enough times to be like, yeah, I guess it's happening. Just like our, quote, broken immigration system. We have things that we could do better. But the problem with our immigration system is not us. It's the... Third World, beep, whole countries that President Trump called out—that these people are trying to get out of—and they can't get to the American embassy because the policia get in the way of their pursuit, or if they, you know, and and the American embassy is in a part of town you're not allowed to travel to, and you can't get there, and. So how's somebody supposed to get to the United States? Well, that's where some of President Trump's most brilliant policies regarding the next country asylum stay in Mexico, all the things that he did that actually did secure the southern border of the United States. His administration had all that figured out. You you if you want to get out of Guatemala go to the next country and ask for asylum there and then go to their American embassy but this is the problem is getting to the American Embassy to apply but that's not our problem it's the these third world beephole countries we care more about Avon streets than Wall Street
0: owned by an actual mom and an actual Bob WCHV AM and FM Charlottesville a Monticello media Group station.
1: Joe Thomas, in the morning, thank you for letting us be of service to you. I tell you, it's like dinner with my kids. Y'all are writing more than you're talking. 434-964-1075, four, four, uh, but, if, if, but certainly prolific with the keyboards in your hand. Maynard writes in on the subject of the DACA police. Amanda Chase would have vetoed that bill in a heartbeat. Youngkin, not so much. So you, you think Governor Youngkin will... will will sign into law a bill that would allow DACA non-citizens to be law enforcement officers? I mean, it it is certainly much more of a question than it would have been had Amanda Chase been elected governor. I can't argue with that one uh, at all. This one on the the fake meat story, if you missed the uh, story from earlier, do we have the, the... Oh, you're at the end. So uh, there was a bill that would have required food manufacturers to say whether or not you used 3D printed meat in in your product, or if it was actually farm grown uh, meat. And the testimony was going along fine until uh, this guy from the Protein Justice Campaign. Yeah, I kid you not, the Protein Justice movement showed up. And Amy Lawfer, who last time I checked, her district includes a lot of meat processing farms or meat growing farms, uh, had this interaction. You, Mr. Chair, I just have a, a motion at the proper time. Go ahead, Delegate Clark. Um,
0: it looks like that uh, this bill refers to a lot of existing uh, federal code uh, inherent with the what's happening with the USDA. I think we should uh, take that motion and wait for
1: guidance. So I do move uh, to PBI this bill. All right, so now Mr. PBI, uh, Delegate Clark, uh, no, uh, PBI uh, means pass by indefinitely, uh, meaning kill, uh, meaning uh, slaughter, unlike what they're going to stop doing. So Delegate Clark just uh, uh, called for the elimination of this bill, pass by indefinitely, go away forever. Um, and uh, you hear Delegate Garrett, who was speaking in testimony for it for the Farm Bureau, saying there is no federal regulation. That's the point. Delegate, hold on. Uh, there's been a motion. Is
0: there a second for that motion?
1: It's been moved to PBI the bill? A second. Okay, it's been moved and properly seconded. The PBI. And that's, a, that's Amy Lawfer, by the way, representing the cattle farmers of her district.
0: The bill, uh, that'll, uh, there's two minutes uh, for that conversation. Delegate, go ahead. The floor is yours. I would, me. I would love someone to point me to the existing federal code. There's literally no existing federal code. Seven states have done this. A guy parachutes in who no one's ever heard of in the room after Farm Bureau, the Cattlemen's Association, the Poultry Association, the beef farmers all say this is a good bill. And then we go, oh, well, there might be federal – I think the proper move might be to continue this to the full committee, Mr. Chair, but I'd love to see the existing federal regulation that covers this. Uh, The fact that there might be someone who's submitted a bill. You know, I, I don't know a lot about Washington, but I do know that people submit bills that sit for 5, 6, 10, 20 years and never get heard before a committee, let alone before the full House. It's never too soon to inform people in Virginia what they're eating. It, it is totally fair to people based on their faith, their, 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 their cultural uh, uh, norms, their, their health needs, um, to tell them this is a cell culture noble product or this is meat. And so, I, again, I invite someone to show me the federal code that already exists, but I think that that was a misstatement, now not falsehood even. Say that that exists. All right.
1: Thank you, Delegate. Uh, if there's two minutes. Would anybody like to speak to the to the bill? Go, I have a substitute del- motion. One uh, is this. Here is Amy Laufer, uh, n- newly minted. What would Steve Harvey do is the banner I fly this under, but this is Amy Laufer's insertion here. It's appropriate. Um, delegate, right? well, well, we need to finish debating the motion to PBI. Yes, and, he, and the chair mansplains it to him. They also want to speak
2: well, I'll speak too.
1: I, I don't want to violate federal, but we don't know enough, so. Okay, Maybe so, I can't. so Clark, tell you know now, Clark, uh, Delegate Clark mansplains to her that I've already said we're going to pass by indefinitely. Can't anymore, but um, I certainly don't want to put Virginia in a position where we have to litigate this. So if we don't have enough information. So.
0: All right. Thank you. Did you have a alternative motion
1: to pass by until
0: 2025
1: or continue? All right. Hold on one second. And then you, you can't hear it because they're off mic. But delegate Clark comes back and mansplains the fact that he's already going to pass by it indefinitely there. Uh, so Tom Garrett was on uh, the show asking you to call Amy's office. Uh, and uh, stand up for you know the the, the cattle people in her uh, in her district and uh, and your neighborhood as well just just for labeling just for labeling sake so you know uh, what is in the uh, products in the grocery stores uh, there and-, and don't all
2: call at once write to, write down eight zero four six nine eight one two five five house bill 1382. Oh it does.
1: So um, it, it call and and suggest the delegate law for because because she was the second she can, uh, I guess, under parliamentary procedure, bring the bill back uh, if she so uh, seeks uh, there as well. Uh, but uh, we'll get to your thoughts on that. Four three four nine six four one zero seven five. Next,
0: the only social media app that doesn't tell you what the Chinese government wants you to hear. Uh, the FBI the either.
2: The coercive power of government.
0: Download the free Seaville one zero seven five app. Surveillance. Mike sold separately.